Love is a Battlefield, obviously, if you know much about the song or maybe have seen the video or, or whatever, this, there's, there's different ways to interpret that. I, I think some of the commonalities of all of it is there's something here about abuse of some, of some nature, something about control. Um, and certainly when we talk about love being a battlefield, I think those issues are in part... Um, could be some of that when you read some of these words we're young heartache to heartache I don't know about the young part I get a little bothered by that every time I read that Um, no promises no demands is that the way it is we're going to take this and we're going to I'm going to show you a a passage in the New Testament uh, that we're going to talk about basically turning our turning our battlefields or the battlefields of love into peaceful meadows I don't know. It's kind of. I thought it was kind of a nice way to say that. And uh, some point in time, we're going to show you that on the screen, and you'll be able to see it and me and here at the same time. But uh, we're not going to see that. All right, we lost that slide. Anyway, let me tell you, we're going to do, we're going to we're going to take this, and there's some application here uh, that I'm going to take primarily to marriage. But the passage that we're going to look at doesn't just apply it to marriage. I mean, it's, it's talking about all relationships including marriage, but friendships, people you, you work with, people you live with in your community, people you play with, the club, whatever. I mean, it's, it's the whole spectrum. Primarily, we're going to just kind of center in on the whole thing of marriage. And, and if you're not married, you can make these other applications as well. So don't think we're not uh, dealing with you if, if you're here in that situation. It's, it's, all, it's the, whole, the whole spectrum, but I'll primarily be talking about it from the marriage aspect. So here we go. Uh, we're going to look in, in, in Ephesians chapter, five, chapter 4, excuse me, turning the battlefields of love into peaceful meadows, all right? And, um, or another way of saying that is, is keeping love from being a battlefield and making it into a source of strength and encouragement. That's really what it should be, strength and encouragement, all right? So let's jump into this thing and uh, start off. We're going to start off in, in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to show them all, all these verses for you on the screen. And uh, in chapter 4, book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul here is talking, he's talking to people who've trusted Christ, people who are believers in Jesus, people of faith in, people of faith in Christ. You may or may not be there. And uh, we're glad you're here. And, and because the application can be, the, this, here's what I'm going to show you. And, and I really believe, I'm not just, this isn't, this isn't the liquor talking. I haven't had any. So, so um, <laughs> at least yet. But um, thinking about it, that second and third service, though, no. Um, uh, these things, and, and this, is, this is really true. These things, if you listen to these things, it's not because I wrote them because I didn't. It's from the Bible. These things will just, they will revolutionize your life. And it will certainly revolutionize your marriage and, and your relationship with those closest to you. If you just listen to these and, and, and read these and absorb them and, and, and just kind of grab hold of them mentally and uh, spiritually as well. All right? So watch along. So just, just stay with me here. He starts out in, in chapter 4, verse 23 of Ephesians. He says, now there must be, instead there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You say, yeah, I probably need that. I mean, that's not just a one-time statement, by the way. That's true for all of us a lot of the time. There must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. This is talking about a one-time action, I believe. 
you must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. Again, he's talking to the person who's trusted Christ. Is he talking to anybody, uh, you know, is there some sort of a special thing other than that going on here? No, he's talking to the person who's trusted Christ. And again, you may be there, you may be still thinking about that. That's fine, just stay tuned here and watch this, all right? So here we go. He says, you, you must display this new nature. So here we go. Here's, here's, he's going to give you five things, very simple things, through these verses. We're going to go through, we start in verse 23. We're going to th- go all the way through verse 31 very quickly. And I'm going to show you five of these things that... Um, they're just basic tools that make, I don't know, I hate to sound corny, make a better you, all right? Certainly make a better relationship. And uh, it, will certainly, um, it will certainly change things when you live this way in every area of your life, marriage and otherwise. So here we go. The first thing is this. He says, keep it truthful. Keep it truthful. Put away all falsehood. Tell your neighbor the truth because we belong to each other. He says, be honest, be truthful. You say, well, that's pretty basic, isn't it, Rich? Yeah, you know, it is pretty basic, but it's very hard. And because sometimes we'd rather cover up, we'd rather hide, we'd rather, ah, we don't want to deal with that issue. Don't talk about that, that's going to wake up the sleeping giant. Not talking about the husband, it might be, but, but sometimes we all need woken up. Sometimes it might be the other way around. A friend, somebody you work with, we got to deal with this, okay? we got to be honest. We'd rather hide. We'd rather stuff it. Let me tell you something. Nothing good comes from stuffing it. You know, it might be better for a little while, and it might be better for another little while, but sooner or later, something's going to blow up. And the longer you stuff it, particularly in those relationships that are closest to you, marriage or close friends, the, the longer you stuff it, the bigger the blow-up is going to be whenever it happens. It will happen. Believe me, I've seen that. I've lived long enough to see that. Sometimes it may take several years, but it will happen. So be truthful. Just, just, get, just be honest. Don't be, le- don't, be, don't be anything less than authentic. That may mean some hard conversations. That may mean, may mean you having to say some, take some risks and say, here's what I really think or here's what I really feel or here's what really you doing that makes me feel like. And you may, you know, it, there's all kinds of kind of stuff that goes in with that. But just, just start from the very beginning. Bible's very clear about this. Just be honest. Sometimes we would try to keep secrets. You know, when we start keeping secrets, that really doesn't build trust and intimacy. And, um, you know, I, I've, because of my profession, I, I know secrets. And you don't ever have to worry if you come to me and tell me a secret that you have from your mate, because I'm not going to tell him. I can't do that. I won't do that. But I will tell you, in most situations, you need to talk to your husband or wife about this. You don't need this secret. And you're going to say, some of you would say, well, yeah, but I don't know how they'll feel. I'll say, you might be surprised. You need to talk about this. You know, and, 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 and here's the thing, you know, and so many times, and, and again, that's something that I, I can only encourage. I can't make that happen. And some people continue to want to live with those secrets. And, and that's just no way to live. That's just no way to live. You know, 
You either love each other unconditionally or you're not. And part of that is, okay, honey, here's, here's part of the deal. Here's what I've been thinking. Or here I got this going on. Or I have this going on. And, that, and that's why the Bible says, listen, just put away all falsehood. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't try to be anything other than, than, than the authentic you. And just be honest. All right? Keep it truthful. That's the, first, that's the first step. Not always easy. Sometimes it takes therapy to help you do that. Sometimes it takes a good friend to help you do that. But I would encourage you to do that. Keep it truthful. God, I'll tell you, anytime you don't, it just, you know, you start, you start having deceptions or lies or, or, or you know, half-truths, and, and they start building on each other, and then they start breeding, and they get more of them, and they just get more, and they get more. And pretty soon you got this whole big mountain of stuff, and you start trying to unsort it, and it's, it's a mess. So just, just be truthful. Start. Just start with it. One step at a time, just start with it. Okay, here's the deal. That's the first thing, all right? Second thing. He comes to verse 26, next verse. He says, keep it controlled. Keep it controlled. Don't sin. Oh, watch this. This is a great verse, a couple of verses. Don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. Now, he's not saying here, I don't necessarily take this to mean, um, he's making a point about letting the sun go down. Does that mean that every night before we go to bed, we have to re- work out everything, me and my wife or, or, or whomever, we have to work everything out? You know what? That's not always going to happen. I've been married 35 years. And, uh, I don't know, a few of those have been some cold nights. Not, not literally either. What's, what's the term? The, the lights of love weren't on in the house that night or whatever they say that. Um, so get the, get the spirit of what he's saying here. And, and would it be best if I never let the sun go down ever on any anger? Absolutely. As we understand this, does that not mean that it's going to be some issues? Sometimes you're going to come to the end of the day and you've been at it with each other and you're going to have to say, you know what? We're not going to resolve this tonight. Let's just resolve to love each other and maybe we can say a prayer or, or, or maybe we can just go watch the Yankees. I don't know. And... and, and <laughs> Some nights that would be good, some nights not, yeah? Um, and, and, and move on when we can, but don't leave it there. Don't leave it there, okay? That's an important thing here. And notice here, when he talks about this, don't let the anger uh, gain control over you, he doesn't say, don't let anger gain control over you unless, unless there are some jerks in your life. Then it's okay. He doesn't say, don't let anger get control over you unless, unless you're a victim and your, and your mate or your friend's just, just really treated you, treated you wrongly. He doesn't say, don't let ga- anger gain control over your life and, unless, unless somebody calls you names. Then it's okay. Then you can get mad. By the way, names. Calling people names. I've done a little bit of that. Uh, I'll talk about it in a second. And it's not good. Okay? Did you learn when you were a kid this thing? I've talked about this before, but if you, this thing, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names can never hurt me. You, were, you told that? were you taught that? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Let me just tell you. <laughs> that is just a lie. I mean, the guy that's, the guy that, I want to find, I want to meet the guy who wrote that. Because I'm just like, anybody ever call you chubby? Huh? <laughs> anybody ever call you poor athlete? Huh? What do you think about that? You know, and, and, and obviously the person, that's just not true. We need to be careful of that. And we start calling, even if it's in a capricious, even if it's sometimes in a kidding way, we need to be careful with that. 
Um, doesn't say that don't let, the, don't, let you, don't let anger control you unless, you unless you've been mistreated or unless you've been taken advantage of. It doesn't say that. It doesn't mean that we avoid the issues. We still, we still deal with these issues in, in, a, in a way that will be profitable, in a way that is, that we're going to talk more how to do that in just a moment. But here's the point. Keep it controlled. Don't let, don't let, don't let rage take over. Now, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say don't let rage take over because you're a rager, okay? You're one of those people, ah, yeah, yeah. But now there are others of us here who may not be a rager. That's not, not the right word, and I'm not sure you can use it in that particular form of grammar, but I will. Um, and th- some of us who aren't necessarily those people who go into rages, we don't get a free pass here, okay? I'm one of, I, don't, I don't go into a rage normally. I mean... I might on the golf course if I hit it in the water or something. But other than that, I don't usually. But I'll tell you what I do do when I'm trying to do better. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, what, I'm what you call a pop-offer. I'll pop off. I'll pop off. I'm, it's a smart aleck. Um, um, you know where I'm heading with that. Um, and, you know, I have learned by popping off too many times that that can cause great danger. And it may be a witty, quasi-funny thing to say at the time, but then you find out somebody was really hurt by that. And, and somebody just, it just cut. And this is the same thing. Don't let that stuff control you. Don't do that. Don't be a part of that, whether it's a rage or whether it's just kind of a smart aleck or whatever it, whatever it happens to be. Keep it controlled. Keep it controlled. Now, I think there's only one way we can do that, and I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But he says, keep that, keep that controlled. You know, and, 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 you know, don't let the sun go down on all this. You know, don't let these unresolved conflicts continue is the point. All right? Keep it controlled. Keep it honest. Keep it controlled. Third thing, keep it clean. Say, huh? Keep it clean. Now, watch what happens. In verse 28, he says, if you're a thief... Stop stealing. And he just goes, we're not going to go into this too much right here. We don't have the time. But in verse 28, he was talking about if you're, if, you're thief, if, you're, if you're a thief, don't steal. And it's kind of interesting. And the Bible does this so many times. It will say not only stop stealing, but, but work. Do honest work. In other words, use your hands for honest work and then give. It's, it's, the, it's the biblical way. It say, the Bible gets a bad rap. The Bible's full of don'ts. The Bible has some don'ts, but then it says instead of doing that, don't do that. Do this and then give. Go the, go the extra step. Which is great truth there. So that's, that's a, a little bit different. Now watch verse 29. It's a little bit of a different theme right there. But let's, let's, let's keep reading. Go to verse 29. Now look what he says here. Don't use foul or abusive language. What's abusive language? What's foul language? Does that mean I can't curse? Is that curse words? And then you say, well, what's curse words? Some words are cursing in some societies, and they're not cursing in other societies in some cultures. So do I need to, to go to the culture and figure out what words I can use and what I can't? Well, that's not a bad idea, but that's not, I don't think that's necessarily solely what he's talking about here. He, I know he's talking about this. And you may never even use a curse word, but you can be abusive in your speech whether it be in a rage or whether it be the little smart aleck remarks or whether it be something we call sarcasm. I'm a little familiar with that one. It's one of those areas where as I 
had mentioned earlier, one of those things in our marriage that my wife said we were, we were actually in therapy and, and talking about things that bug us, kind of like, kind of like what we saw on the thing. Not really, no. Um, but uh, this was a f- several years ago, and, and uh, she, you know, when you make those sarcastic remarks, not about her necessarily, just about other stuff, uh, that really bothers me. So you have to stop and, 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 and you have to think about abusive language can come in many forms. It's not just cursing a word here or there. There may not even be a curse word in it and it can still be abusive. It's devaluing people. It's making them feel less honored. You know, it's, it's being dismissive. You ever been talking to someone and this kind of dismiss you? Maybe by an eye roll or maybe, maybe even just a, a, a physical gesture or maybe a comment. Oh, yeah. And you just feel like, God, I feel like I don't want to be here. Now, you take that and you magnify that about a hundredfold and it's someone who you dearly love and who you, you live with and, and, and it's your, your wife or your husband or your father or your mother or a kid, you know, child, excuse me, or whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, it just makes it that much worse. So what the Bible tells us is not only should we be honest, not only should we keep it under control, but let's keep it clean. Let's keep it clean. Let's don't be abusive. Let's don't be dismissive. Let's don't be intimidating. Let's don't, let's don't verbally devalue people, even in a funny way. I don't know if you notice that so much of humor is, is like this. So much of humor is, is and, and I've laughed at it, and I what am I laughing at? You know, when the, it, it can be very devaluing to people. They pick on a group of people, not necessarily ethnic, but maybe a particular, you know, profession or whatever. It can, it can be a little over the top, in my opinion. Um, so keep it honest, keep it controlled, keep it clean. Now, I got two more things. It's not enough. Let me just say this. It's not enough. It's not enough to just not be abusive. The Bible doesn't stop there. It takes it a step further. He says, okay, I got the honest part down. I got the keep it controlled part down. I'm, I'm keeping it clean. What else? The, the fourth thing he gives us, the fourth and fifth kind of go together. Keep it constructive. Not, it's not just don't be abusive with your talk, but watch this. Look what happens. Verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Watch. Let everything you say, here it is, be good and helpful. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Now, let me make, let me make this very clear. This doesn't mean that we don't deal with hard issues. We complement what is good. We confront what needs to be confronted. We correct what needs to be corrected. But it's always with honesty, directly, and always, always, always in a constructive way. So we don't just say, oh, well, we can't talk about that because that's negative. We, we, we may need to talk about that. But then we have to figure out how we can do that in a way that's going to be constructive to both parties that are involved. And so that one's not going to leave, oh gosh, they just, you know, tore me up. You know, and sometimes you will be in those situations and maybe with a mate, maybe with somebody you work with, maybe with someone else. And you will want to verbally assault them and leave them bloody and half dead, figuratively speaking, verbally. And you may have the tools to do that verbally. That doesn't make it okay. Because the Bible says, I want, God says, I got a better way for you. Be constructive. 
Don't, don't, don't not deal with it, but be constructive. Let me show you um, another verse, uh, Proverbs 15, just an interjection here. Look at this. This is a great verse. I've, I quote it often. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. That descriptive. And then one Bible translated this way, the wicked are sewers of abuse. Isn't that amazing little phrase? You ever been a sewer of abuse verbally? Ugh. So keep it constructive. Keep it constructive. Now, this fifth thing goes along with the fourth thing, but I want to deal with it anyway, and even though it, they kind of overlap. So he goes, verse 29, don't use foul, language, foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Here we go. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear him. This isn't sometimes, this is all the time. That your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Let me ask you something. If I were to ask you, do you have anybody in your life or maybe in your past that you can think of that, gosh, old so-and-so, they were always so encouraging to me. And, and no matter what discussion came up, even the hard discussions that people have sometimes, they were always encouraging. Even if it was something that was really bad in my life and they were talking to me about it, they were so encouraging to me. Now, do you have someone like that in your life right now who you can think of, you know, no matter what, it may be unpleasant subject, it may be what this, maybe that, but they're always an encouragement to me. Some of you will say, yeah, I, I got someone or some people like that, and some will say, you know, I really don't have anybody. Now, let me ask you another question. Is there anybody in your life that I could go to or someone else could go to and I could say, what about so-and-so? Are they, are they what you would call, and, and, and put your name in there and, and so-and-so. What about so-and-so? Are they what you would call an encouraging person? And what, what would people tell someone else about you? Because that's really the issue. Because you see, what I've learned is, if I'm that way, there will be people in my life. It's just, it's, I, I can't explain it, it just happens who will also be that way in my life. I don't know whether it's just a God thing or what. If I'm an encourager, somehow or another, there will always be encouragers in my life as well. It just works that way. I think it's a God thing. Keep it encouraging. Seek to be the person in your fear, in your social circles, in your, your sphere of, of, of influence and home, work, neighborhood, seek to be the person who isn't just always glad-handing and isn't just always, oh, you're great, you look great, you look wonderful, yada, yada, but who can give sincere, honest compliments, but also be able to talk about the tough issues of life and to be able to do it in a way that will be encouraging. God knows we need that. We all need that in the world in which we live. Keep it honest. Keep it controlled. Keep it clean. Keep it constructive. Keep it encouraging. Two more verses in this passage that I want to... We started there in verse 24. Let me... uh, This just wraps it up. This is great. Watch these verses. This is uh, 
chapter 4, verses 30 and 31. Do not bring sorrow. This again, it's to the believer in Christ. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't that be awful? To bring sorrow? I know. To bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I know I've done that a couple times. I don't like myself when that happens. You've all done that a few times. Remember, he is the one who has identified you. I love this part. He's the one who has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Isn't that great? You say, well, how do I fit in there? He, he, he is the one who's identified you as his own. Has he identified me? Well, if you're, if you're a follower of Christ, he has. You say, what if I'm not sure? Well, we'll find out, won't we? I would say he probably has, but you, you need to think about that. Verse 31, here we go, here we go. Get rid of all bitterness. Remember my, those of you who've been here fairly regularly, I have a favorite quote that I always give about bitterness from a friend of mine, psychologist friend of mine. Bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Um, so true, it's true. Get rid of it. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't go there. Rage, anger. Here we go. Harsh words and slander. Talking negatively about others in a way that exaggerates, not just the truth, but exaggerates that and and just talking negatively about people in general. And in many cases, obviously, exaggerating it to the point of untruth. As well as all types of malicious behavior, ill will, behavior that, that seeks to hurt. You say, well, I would never do that. You would never do that with your words, maybe? Most of us are more sophisticated and really want to hurt somebody physically. I mean, I've had my moments. Um, but for the most part, we don't, we don't do that. But many times we thought, I want to say this. This will get them. This will get them, man. And you walk away and you say, I got them. And then about two hours later, you're like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? that? That didn't help anybody. Made me feel better for a little while. Instead, here we go. Be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Gosh, this is great. Forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let me tell you something. I can't do those things. I can't do any of those things. All the time. The bitterness, can't get rid of that rage, anger, harsh words. That's why Jesus came. To give me not only the standard that this is based on, but the enablement by means of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. And when I come, when a person comes to Christ, a person trusts Christ and I say, Lord, I want to I want to trust you. The Spirit of God gives us an ability to do these things. Are we like that 24-7? No, because we still we're still fallen human beings. We still all have our own stuff that we're carrying around. But we're sure a lot more like this than not when we allow God, the Holy Spirit, to work in our lives and in our hearts. Jesus came to do an internal work in your heart and in your life that will have external consequences. And that's important for us to know and understand. So how am I going to turn these these battlefields of love or the battlegrounds in some cases of love into peaceful meadows. Keep it truthful. Keep it controlled. 
Keep it clean. Keep it constructive. Keep it encouraging. And trust Christ every step of the way. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for our time to think through and reflect on these thoughts. I pray that they would stick with us, that they would cause reflection and discussion among those whom we're closest to. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus who came to earth and lived and suffered and died and rose again. To, to really give us the ability not only to, to come to God, to come to you, to have eternal life, but to have a life that is far different, far greater quality because of what it means to have a relationship with our God and our Creator. We thank you for that and we pray that we take, take these thoughts with us as we leave here uh, this morning. And God, that we pray that we would go in your grace and in your love. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.